Why would God create such a vast universe for little old you and me? Dr. Ray Bolin examines our significance now on Probe. Today's program is Are We Significant in This Vast Universe? And this week, this was authored by Steve Cable. He asks, what do you feel when you look at the night sky? Recently, Steve and his wife took three Ph.D. students from China for an overnight outing in rural Texas. Well, due to light pollution, people in most cities can only make out a few hundred stars with the naked eye. Consequently, these young women had never seen the stars as King David did when he declared, The heavens declare the glory of God. They were so taken by the starry sky that they spent several hours lying on their backs looking up at the night sky. Steve was glad to use this opportunity to talk to these non-Christians about the overwhelming evidence for a creator who is intensely interested in humans. However, another host might have used the same night sky to argue that there is no God and humans are an insignificant accident in the universe. So who's right? This week we'll look into the Bible and current scientific theories to better equip us to answer this important question. Skeptics of a biblical worldview often point to the vastness of the universe as evidence that humans cannot be the focal point of a theistic creation. Astronomer Carl Sagan put it this way, Our planet is a lonely speck in the great enveloping cosmic dark. In our obscurity, in all this vastness, there is no hint that help will come from elsewhere to save us from ourselves. In other words, why would God create this huge universe if he was primarily interested in his relationship with one species occupying a tiny planet? This is a reasonable question. After all, the current best estimate for the number of stars is 5 times 10 to the 22nd power. So if you were to count one star every second, it would take you over 1,500 trillion years to count them. Why did God create such a vast universe while placing us on a single small planet with no reasonable hope of ever traveling beyond our own solar system? Does the size of our universe argue against a biblical worldview? Tomorrow we'll begin looking at the evidence for our significance. You've been listening to Probe with your host, Dr. Ray Bolin. For further consideration on how and why God created the heavens, get Steve Cable's transcript free. Just go to probe.org. Again, that's probe.org. Join us next time as we shine God's light into our dark culture here on Probe. This week, we're considering the question, does the vastness of the universe mean that we are insignificant? First, let's consider what the Bible has to say about the vastness of the universe. The Bible often refers to God's creative work in stretching out the heavens and filling it with stars. A review of Bible passages on the heavens reveals a number of reasons why a vast universe is consistent with humans being the most significant part of creation. First, we need to realize God brought the universe into existence out of nothing, with no limits on the amount of matter and energy created. Consequently, it's meaningless to say it would be a tremendous waste for God to create so many lifeless galaxies. The concept of waste only applies when there's a limited supply. When there's an unlimited supply, you can use all you desire. There's plenty more where that came from. 
Within this vast universe, God placed Earth in potentially the only place in the universe capable of supporting advanced life. In his wisdom, this position is also an ideal place for humans to observe the vastness of the heavens and the enormous number of stars. The Bible points out at least five purposes God has for humans observing this vast universe. The first is to reveal his majesty and power. Job's reflections show how important the heavens were to his understanding of God as he declared, Who commands the sun not to shine and sets a seal upon the stars? Who alone stretches out the heavens and tramples down the waves of the sea? Who makes the bear, Orion, and the Pleiades? Who does great things unfathomable and wondrous works without number? Who could say to him, What are you doing? As we see in this passage, God intentionally did creative, wondrous works without number so that we could begin to understand His greatness. Tomorrow we'll continue our list of five reasons of why God wants us to be able to observe the vastness of the universe. Later, God confronts Job with his lack of understanding the full power and majesty of his Creator. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Can you bind the chains of the Pleiades or loose the cords of Orion? Can you lead forth the constellation in its season and guide the bear with her satellites? Do you know the ordinances of the heavens or fix their rule over the earth? Is the amazing number of stars an argument against our significance to God? This week we are looking at that important question. Today we continue our list of five reasons God wants us to observe His vast universe. The first was to reveal His majesty and power. The second is to emphasize our insignificance without God. King David was the most significant person in Israel during his reign. But he wrote, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have ordained, what is man that you take thought of him? The third is as a measure of his loving kindness. In Psalm 103 we learn, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness towards those who fear him. God's love for us is bigger than the billions of light years which separate us from the most distant galaxy. The fourth reason for the vastness of the universe is as a picture of his faithfulness and forgiveness. God used the vastness of the heavens to convey his promise to never cast those in the new covenant away from him with these words. Thus says the Lord, if the heavens above can be measured and the foundations of the earth searched out below, then I will also cast off all the offspring of Israel for all that they have done. Due to the finite speed of light, it's impossible to directly observe the current size of the universe or count the exact number of stars. So the heavens can never be measured and God will never cast us off. And last, the vastness of the universe is as a reminder of our limited understanding of who God is. Our Creator understands the universe from the atoms to the galaxies from beginning to end. As humans, we are just beginning to probe its mysteries. So God reminds us, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. It's clear that God intended us to observe and study the heavens. The vastness of His creation teaches us lessons about who we are and how we relate to Him. For a Creator willing to sacrifice His only Son for our redemption, it was child's play to create a vast universe primarily for our instruction. With this understanding, the vastness of the universe becomes a testament to our importance to God. 
If God is the creator of the universe and the author of the Bible, accurate observation of the universe will ultimately prove to be consistent with his revelation. By combining the general revelation of science with the special revelation of the Bible, we should be rewarded with a greater understanding of the nature of our creator and his intentions for mankind. In his recent book, Why the Universe is the Way it Is, Hugh Ross points out a number of areas where combining the latest observations of astronomy and physics with biblical theology provides us with fuller answers for some of the tough questions of life. One area he focuses on is the question we've been examining this week. Does the vastness of this universe mean that we are insignificant accidents? If we assume, as most skeptics and seekers would, that the physical laws of this universe have remained constant from the beginning of the universe until now, then the current prevailing view of scientific knowledge points to three reasons why the universe must be as vast as it is for the advanced life to exist on this planet. Number one, the exact mass of the universe was necessary for life-supporting elements. Life requires heavier elements such as oxygen, carbon, and nitrogen. These elements are produced in the nuclear furnaces of stars. If there were less mass in the universe, only lighter elements such as helium would be produced. If there were more mass, only heavier elements such as iron would be produced. In fact, the amount of mass and dark energy in the universe must be fine-tuned to less than one part in 10 to the 60th power or one part in one trillion 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 to have a universe that could create a life-supporting solar system and planet. Second, the exact mass of the universe was required to regulate the expansion of the universe to allow the formation of the sun and the solar system. If the universe was expanding faster, stars and solar systems would not form. If the universe was expanding slower, giant stars and black holes would dominate the universe. Once again, the total matter in the universe is fine-tuned to support life. And what an amazing coincidence, the number that creates the right mix of elements also creates the right expansion rate. Tomorrow we'll continue looking at reasons why the universe must be vast. For more information on origins and other science topics, check out our Faith and Science section at probe.org. This week we're asking, does the vastness of the universe mean that I am insignificant? Today we are continuing our list of three related results from science with the third one. A vast universe is required to provide just the right amount of radiation to support life and not destroy it. Life not only requires a planet with the right elements, orbiting the right kind of sun, it also requires a just right galactic environment. The galactic habitable zone for our Milky Way is at a distance of about 26,000 light years from the center. Any planet closer to the center will experience deadly radiation levels. Any planet further away would lack the elements necessary for life. But the vast majority of this habitable zone is inside one of the uninhabitable spiral arms of the galaxy. Since stars rotate the galactic center at a rate different than the spiral arm structure based on their distance from the center, most solar systems pass through deadly spiral arms over the course of time. As Hugh Ross points out, our solar system holds a special position in the Milky Way, the one distance from the core where stars orbit the galaxy at the same rate 
as its spiral arm structure does. Once again, we're faced with a divine coincidence. The same fine-tuned distance required to safely place a habitable planet in the Milky Way is also the distance required to keep that planet out of the deadly spiral arms. The results of current scientific studies do not support the view that human life is unremarkable and insignificant in this vast universe. On the contrary, the most reasonable conclusion from the evidence is that life on this planet is the primary purpose behind the vastness of our universe. Both the Bible and the results of scientific observation agree. Our vast universe is the work of a creator who considers life on Earth as very significant. The important question is, is it possible to know my Creator and have a relationship with Him? Beginning with the death and resurrection of Jesus, we can explain how to have an eternal relationship with God. Our article, The Answer is the Resurrection, gives more information on responding to the key questions of seekers. For further discussion on the age of the universe, see Christian Views of Science and Earth History at probe.org.